0: Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon, three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become Fundamentally Drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today, Father Everett has agreed to start the podcast with singing a solo for us since our episode's on music. Everett? (laughs) <laughs> I've
1: been told I'm not allowed to sing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, today we will talk about music in church and, um, and basically just kind of a, a lot of different areas. We have some experiences in our pasts with uh, different uh, thoughts on music, different types of music and all kinds of things in the world of music. So. Let's jump into um, talking about the role in music, and, and um, if you're anything like me, you're, you're immediately thinking about making a joyful noise to the Lord. That's what uh, sticks in my head or pops up whenever we think about music or whenever I <laughs> talk about music. So, um, Tom, what is the role of music in church
2: in your eyes? <laughs> Well, that's an interesting question. I don't think there's ever been a time when music wasn't a part of the church. It's just the form of it has changed. So in the early church, we know chanted antiphonally or antiphonally. um, What's antiphonally? What? Antiphonally. So they would um, kind of the way at a lot of episcopal churches the psalm is chanted uh, but m- minus the organ but it was t- by antiphon it means one side responding to the other or the cantor and the congregation responding to each other
0: oh okay antiphonally chanti- is how i antiphonally, know antiphonally there you go okay sorry.
2: okay chanting back and forth to each other
0: oh okay okay okay
2: hm. um so and that's still the way if you go to say an Orthodox church, most of their music is chanted or all of their music is in the form of chant, either the choir although the choir kind of chants in harmony now, especially in the Russian Orthodox churches. That it's like saying, What is the role of music in church? I mean we humans are inherently, I think, musical. <laughs>
1: So I think part—I mean, part of what music did was, um, it was a way of teaching, right? So, you know, I haven't sang—I um, don't know—London Bridge is falling down in a thousand years, but oh, yet yeah. if you asked oh, me to yeah. sing it, I could too. immediately sing it. And it's <laughs> why we teach the ABCs in a song is because <laughs> our brains are wired that when we hear things with music, we remember them. And so it was a way of, you know, so it was a way of memorizing scripture. So like for, for, for Judaism, um, the psalms were sort of like their hymn book. I mean, they were a staple of their 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 spiritual experience, much like in the monastic tradition. And the reason it was sung was is because then you could remember you could remember the words where you may not remember it if you just had to say it.
0: Nice. So in uh, Tom went Russian Orthodox, <laughs> and then um, Everett went to Jewish tradition. So um,
2: the simple answer is the role of music in church is to edify, which is a mix of praise, it's a mix of encouragement, it's a mix of teaching. It's a really great word that covers a lot of ground, hmm. right? Um, to so we can it's prayer it's all those things
0: it's an interesting thing too is there is uh i mean just to jump into the episcopal hymns a lot of them i you know and you guys can correct me on this i'm sure you know better but a lot of them are scripture you know you have the uh to me a clean heart which is a staple in youth group song which is psalm 51 and things like that but a lot of it is written in scripture. And is isn't there something to the effect of there is something we refer to as uh, hymns, which are typically scripture, and then there is praise music, which is just you know someone wrote a song. Is that true? Is that correct in that?
2: So I've been always taught there's the difference between a hymn and a song and this is kind of a layman's definition maybe but so a song if i write a song like for example a praise song usually i wrote the words and the music and they're written to be together most of the classic hymns were written the verse was written and then they were set to different musical settings so um that's why in our hymnal we have the same words that maybe you see in a Methodist hymnal or some other hymnal, but different tunes, because these were all written to be interchangeable with different pieces of music.
0: Which probably would go a long ways if that was said up front. Because <laughs> I get mixed up on which songs, because they, the music's the same, the words are different. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, if you're ever doing your welcome to the Episcopal Church class or whatever you do, make sure you you tell them that because that gets confusing after a while. <laughs> you and, you, you yeah. learn the rhythm and you start singing the wrong lyrics. <laughs> so,
1: but hy- it, but but hymns are musical reflections about uh, you know the, the the way that uh, uh, Father Tim Sean humans down at St. Paul's and and Cassidy Schools has a great. Way in which he distinguishes it, he says hymns are songs in which we are which we are talking about God, um, and praise music is songs that 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 we are singing in which we are singing about the glory of God, um, and, wow. and, nice. and and we have you know within the Episcopal tradition we have praise and worship songs. We wouldn't call them that, but. You know, like the the Kyrie, which is a, which is you know a, a simple chant that was repeated over and over again, or the Sanctus, which is something we sing at in the communion service. The Holy, Holy, Holy. You know, those are in essence praise and worship songs. Although we would never, you know, we don't use those words to describe them. That's right. essentially what they
2: are.
0: Right. Because someone wrote them, and they're not scripture.
2: One of the hard, one of the hardest things for me to learn, Justin, was coming out of kind of the evangelical world, hymns had names. For example, abide with me. Yeah. You know, but really that's a, a a verse that was set to a tune, which there's many different tunes for it. And the first words in the hymn are abide with me. Right. But the name of the song, it's not a song, it's a hymn, is abide with, in other churches, abide with me. So, to make it easier for people to find a hymn, they give them names and some hymn books, but that usually is a sign of them being a song, not a hymn, and by the old definition. Hmm. I don't know that any of this is real important, but... <laughs> well, we're getting somewhere. I was
0: just thinking, I was like, okay, we've just bored everyone to death. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, Maybe okay. this could be an addendum to an interesting episode. <laughs>
0: And now we'll carry on with our regular scheduled episode. Um, okay, so let's jump into past uh, music. You know, the I grew up with when the saints go marching in. I assume that's a that was a praise written song or something like that. Um, and then you have churches who sing the latest of Hillsong. You know, like uh, okay, this is not the latest. Sorry, I'm I'm not up to speed on my uh, whatever praise song. But Oceans from Hillsong United awesome song um but stuff like that so it, 10 years old is it oh god, god. <laughs> wow um I'm just teasing. i haven't listened there a long time i guess um so what do you what do you prefer what should there be musically do we is it a mixture of things i mean um, uh, Tom, in your church, there's an organ. Are you an organ person by you know through and through, and there's no stringed instruments in my church, or you know what what's the
2: what's your feelings and thoughts on that? So my feeling is that the music has to be authentic to the community, and it has to be when you come into the church, the people there, need to be singing and not not just let not just the choir not just um the people in the pews have to be singing with zeal and and they don't have to sound great they don't have to it just needs to be coming from their heart and so in different places regions ethnic ethnic groups that's going to look different um also, I think, as a leader of the church, the mu- you have to make sure that the music is um, healthy, and and you're not taking the church down a path that you can't—that's not sustainable. For example, when I was in the evangelical world, I was often leading worship most Sundays, and and that was in the middle of the worship wars in that denomination. And so, which are probably still going on or maybe the, it's over, I don't know. But so we were kind of a slave to the new. So I had to constantly be listening to groups like Hillsong or
0: Oh, really? Okay. all
2: of all of these groups so I could learn these new songs so I could make them figure out can this be sung a cappella because we were a cappella. Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
2: And then teach it and then I got to where, well, you can't be learning a new song every week and people actually sing it. So I had to get support singers. So then we put all of them on mics, you know, and then you you try to get people that are good singing. You might put a mic maybe even a cordless mic on some. So people don't know because that was kind of frowned upon in some of those churches to help support the singing. And you just become a slave to that system. Sounds and exhausting, lot, by the way.
0: It, it is. And a lot <laughs> of those
2: hymns are, those songs, a lot of those songs, you can tell that they're not good because we don't sing them anymore. You know, they'll last mm. for a year or two. We get tired of them. And when you just repeat the same thing 50 times, the <laughs> a chant a chant is kind of different because it's supposed to be haunting. It's not necessary. It's more about meditation. Yeah, it's a cadence to get lost into. Yes, but when you're singing it to an electric guitar and a riff, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it. It, and then there, I could bring up songs that we don't sing ever, we don't ever sing anymore. But that's kind of the beauty of these classic hymns because they've stood the test of time. Right, right. I don't have to be in those fights anymore. Yeah. And, and like in our town where we live, there's only about. I think we're one of three churches that still sing hymns and have an organ. So we've like held on to it long enough that we're a niche, hmm. and <laughs> so. it's come back right. around, I, buddy. Yeah. All right, Everett. Um.
1: So growing up, I mean, the, the church I attended was largely uh, it was uh, it was Presbyterian, and so it was it was Presbyterian hymns, organ, uh, choir. Um, Later, they really kind of developed into doing a lot more of sort of the evangelical world of praise and worship music,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know the church that I that I, that I'm serving, they uh, we we have two services. One we offer is is traditional organ uh, hymnal, and the other one we do uh, praise and worship music, and 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 generally people have really strong feelings about one of those sides. <laughs> you know, one of them is edifying. One of them is not. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I hope we kind of get into that as a little bit as to, you know, what is quote real, real music. Um, I think there's something to, to what Tom says is that there are some, there are, uh, hymns that, that really stand the test of time. And, um, um, you know, I don't think that one's right or wrong. Um, but I think they just, they, they, they hit different needs.
0: Okay. But, okay. All right, good, good. Um, So I want, uh, I want you to develop that. What is real music? But first I want to go back real quick because I feel like this may be something, Tom, what, what are, what are our worship wars?
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> So if you're evangelical, you know exactly.
0: That's what I was wondering, because I'm guessing that kind of touched some people, but I, I don't know what that means. So.
2: You left before that happened, Justin. Mm. So in all these little churches all around the country, Baptist, Church of Christ, um, Missionary, I mean, you can just name Wesleyan, sure, sure. whatever. They, they were singing in about 1985... They were singing out of hymn hymn books. These old sweet country hymns, you know. Yep. And uh, with guitar and piano or with hymn piano and organ usually or a cappella, Church of Christ. And then um, praise this kind of praise and worship music started and the idea people thought, well, If we're gonna reach the young people, we gotta mm. we gotta do this and we gotta ramp it up a little bit. So I grew up in a church that was kind of on the, in our denomination, was the one leading the charge on that stuff. Right. And so I grew up, you know, thinking, oh, we kind of sing these hymns for the older folks. But then we uh, we really like to sing uh, these new things. And if you're and traditional, being conservative and traditional meant you wanted to sing old hymns. And being progressive and free thinking meant you wanted to sing new songs. Right. Right. and and churches split and split and split, and then they they would take the the older folks grew up taking music in schools. My generation didn't, so we can't read music anyway. I mean, I've <laughs> learned a little bit, but so they would um we just wanted to see the words and put them on the screen, sing from our heart, and the older folks are like, "What's the notes to these? what's the you know right and so churches yeah, so you know, split the melody. Along, yeah churches split along generational lines all over the country and ironically now really? it's kind of the yeah i mean oh my gosh it destroyed it destroyed churches wow so in, um churches like life church were able to capitalize on that movement they, mm-hmm. i mean they have other things going for them don't hear me it's just slamming them but um although i disagree with them on many things but they <laughs> we're gonna they, talk about their it, music don't worry They were able to just plant these congregate places, churches in these towns, and all of these little churches. These churches, well, once not formerly not little, they're in the middle of these worship wars, and a lot of their folks left so they they could just get out of the fight and go sing the music they wanted because it was all about being filled and touching Mm -hmm. my heart. You know, I'm making air quotes as I do this. Okay, sorry. Yep. Sorry. I need the air quote sound. Yeah. (laughs) But so that's the worship boards. It was about okay. contemporary music, praise and worship music against hymns. Um, okay.
0: Yep. I got. It. I think we got it. Yep. So they're, um That's interesting because the traditionalists, if you will, who want to keep the hymns in, and then the young people are let's you bring this in. If there's no compromise, then you have one church that's going to die. And then one church that has no background of tradition. <laughs> so, right. you know, that's what, I, what happened. that's what I heard. Right, And all these other, I mean, because if it's all the young people, you know, I mean, and I know, of course, it's not all. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, they tend to follow the herd. And so I'm sure a lot of them just died because they want to stick with something. Um, I think that says something for a
2: blending of tradition. So, uh, and the young people who were pushing that starting in the 80s aren't young anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're old, right? And young. The and they're, but they're still pushing the thing. If we want to reach young people, we got to do this. We did a poll in our church where we polled Everett. How many people uh, under forty? Was it like five thousand? Yeah. People? So
1: yeah. So the Episcopal Church did a study, and I mean, it was a pretty big study.
2: Mm-hmm. And ninety percent of. Tell me if I'm wrong, Everett. But it was something like ninety percent of the people under forty expressed the desire to sing traditional hymns and had wow. noted th- and it was the baby boomers who what? wanted to ditch the hymnal or put out a new hymnal with a lot of new music
0: and do you think it's because the baby boomers thought it would help with younger people kind of thing
2: well it's it's kind of one of those things you grow up hearing your whole life um young people like new fancy music yeah right right and, and then well
1: there's and there's also a generational thing. I mean, baby boomers are a generation that largely have have buck tradition. You know, they didn't they didn't and that was with the B. Um <laughs> they 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 you know, I It mean, was the, last so part, episode.
0: Oh, never mind.
1: Sorry. So part of their so 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 part of the the um gift, uh, I don't know if the word's gift, but part of part of the the mark of the baby boomer generation has been to call into question those those traditions that society cultural organizations churches have had and so as a generation they have spent much of their time pushing against or calling into question things
2: um
1: that we that we have done and 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 to both good and to bad hmm. um but that's that's sort of a mark of their generation so they're like oh well we need a we need a new hymnal, and if you were, you know, younger, you're like, no, we like our hymnal,
0: right? Yeah, that's crazy. What an interesting thing. But, um, but
1: there's 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 a part of this which also is there, there's a there's a, a priest. I was at a uh, conference, and it was about. I went to a breakout group called Evangelism um, in the Traditional Church, and. One of the things he said is, is that I fear that when I hear Episcopalians say traditional, what they mean is white. Hmm. And, and so, um, I mean, I have, I have heard clergy wow. who sort of are dismissive of any sort of music that um, goes beyond our 1982 hymnal. Um, and I, I, I do think that there's a question that Episcopalians need to ask, which is, is if we want to be, a, you know, if we want to be on what, you know, sort of, you know, the white suburban, you know, group, yep. you know, do, you know, are, are there, are there, are there parts of things that we're missing?
0: Hmm. I think I've heard, um, Tom speak of something similar before Tom, I'm just going to throw you under the bus now <laughs> where something to the effect of, um, a lot of the music and the hymnal is from a specific century of European blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. So, um, and there's room to include, uh, more, uh, music from, uh, other ethnic groups, if you will. Um, now this is me talking, not you. Um, and so, interesting.
2: I feel like seminary was really good for me in that we had every hymnal that the Episcopal Church has ever put out. We had every, um, you know, we had the Spanish, we did services in Spanish with Spanish music, you know, Latino music on Tuesdays. And so you go in there thinking, and that's part of their goal, you think that our worship is only this one thing in this t- tradition. But by the time you have gotten out, you've experienced it in um, kind of a gospel tradition. You've experienced it in with in a Latino tradition. And I think we have to be abroad. We have to do what we can to be a broad church. And we have to ask the right questions about music, not questions about what makes me comfortable, more about you know what's healthy, what's sustainable, and also what what touches people's hearts. You know, so
1: without and and and, and without, we don't want to culturally appropriate music. So I mean, like in the it, black, we don't want to
2: pander, yeah. Right,
1: in in the black church, m- much of their music comes from um, a specific um, experience, and it's a way in which they. Um, Confronted the systems of oppression, so much of their music. So, so Mm, white people singing this song doesn't make sense. Like it's there's nothing more painful than seeing these like almost all white Episcopal churches singing "Lift Every Voice and Sing," which is you know sort of a very you know uh, which comes very much out of the black tradition. And to see white people appropriate it is one of the most painful things. Um, or seeing a, a room full of white episcopalians singing, you know, we're marching in the light of God, I mean, it's just it's like, oh my gosh, you know, so are you saying do not include those hymns i'm I'm saying that you have to be really careful about doing it.
0: hmm, wow, I've if, never thought if, about that hmm.
1: you know I mean it's it's you know. Yeah, you just have to be really careful about doing because you don't want to culturally appropriate someone else's stuff, right? I mean, to you know, say, here, we're going to do this, and now we're diverse. Well, are we really including or are we just kind of giving nods to other cultures?
0: Oh, wow. That sounds like a lot of conversation that needs to occur <laughs> and a lot of right. thought and prayer that goes into that because I, I've never thought about that. I thought if it was included, um, <clears throat> then it is honoring um and so uh like it he, could be like even go be. go tell it on the mountain um you know is it is an old black hymn uh is, is my understanding and
2: yeah.
0: the, the um and that was in our christmas pageant and you know and i'm just thinking oh, okay well this is something that's you know giving nod to a uh you know the black community and their hymns and so, so on and so but i've never thought about it as us uh, us being a, a white uh, Congregation maybe The community whatever it is Singing that and being something like Okay well this we're taking away from this So that's wow Well
1: it's not that but I mean it's like Okay here now we're saying You know the spiritual so See we're inclusive so uh, I mean okay. I okay. just I, 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 think, I think We have to be careful about how we Talk about
0: and use music hmm. Wow that's a lot to think about <laughs> I did not expect us to go here. (laughs) Um, Okay, truthful question: Do you guys think that anyone's still listening to this episode? (laughs) We've gone to this is this is music history. Justin, I
2: ask that question after every recording. Yeah, is anyone listening to any of them? No. Knock, knock. (laughs) Okay, Um, I have to go. Hey, mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mom. Um, Hey George, uh, I have to go back to this question because it was it was presented. What is real music, Everett? You you just threw that out there a minute ago, and I have to come back to that because it's intriguing. What is real music? Do you know what I think? I
1: think I think real music is is that which which glorifies God. Um, and and I think it can take a lot of forms, and I. You know, I I, I love I, I I love me some praise and worship music. I love, uh, I, I love I love you know organ and choir. I mean, all of it is for me. All of it is 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 good um, if it's if it's done well. If if it is inclusive, meaning that it includes
0: the congregation. Um, hmm. So okay,
2: what is real music for you, Tom? Well, it should unite the church. It shouldn't divide the church. Oh, okay. Um, Nice. Yeah. It should... I mean, I'm no longer taking part in the worship wars, you know? Mm -hmm. I I opted out about a decade ago or (laughs) eight years ago, so I'm no longer fighting about those sorts of things. So, um, and I think it's exactly whatever it said. It's music that edifies and glorifies, I would like to make a pitch for our church to get to relearn the canticles that are in morning and evening prayer, because that's a tradition in our church that's, I think, being lost. And it's how it's one of our strongest connections to Scripture. We learn by singing. And that that's a way that we had to, to learn Scripture to put it in our heart in our mind and in our mouth, you know, and, and most, a lot of the scripture that I knew growing up is because I was taught a song to go with it. Mm -hmm. So we need to reclaim those canticles. That was it. There you go.
0: 2019, ladies and gentlemen, Tom (laughs) Dahlman. That was a political statement. I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, so there is something to in what you just said tom and to something that everett said much earlier but there is um how the abcs are taught and how even the books of the bible are taught in a music fashion because it is something that we remember um as humans is there is this rhythm and you know there's something to music and how important and powerful it is in our lives it can be something that um you know holds someone up, you know, edifies, as you said, glorifies, it can be something that holds someone on when they're on the edge. Um, it can make someone feel not alone. Um, and it can even remind people of a past a history, whether it be bad or good of where we should go or what we should not repeat. And I think there is something too. And, and, um, Rob Bell speaks about this a lot about the hum or, uh, better phrase, of the rhythm of life. And there is a rhythm of life. And when you get into that rhythm of life, um, and I think that through, you know, times, uh, quiet times and talking in God, you know, when you just get centered and when there is a peace, there is this rhythm. And I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I get in this rhythm when I'm, you know, when it, when things are good and things, I, no, not things are good, but I'm, holding on to the disciplines and praying and, and uh, there's just this rhythm. And when it works well and you're in touch with hum- humanity and things like that, there's just a rhythm to life and everything seems to go well when you're within that rhythm. And so I, I look at the same thing when I'm thinking about music and how it teaches us to get into that rhythm with ourselves and with others. And I think that's part of the importance. Um, I wanna touch on a couple of other things um, like instruments in church. And I also wanna jump into secular music, just talking a little bit about it as well as secular music within the church. Uh, So I think we'll pick that back up on the next episode and um, maybe the next one will be a little bit better and not as boring. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it. So maybe that's just making me out to be a nerd. So thank you for those who stuck through this to the end. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at fun drain We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.